Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. I don't really have a text. There'll be several portions of scripture that I'll reference this morning, but um, and my message today, uh, it, it may seem a little out of season, like, you know, here we are entering into the the Christmas season, and, and, and we're in a great series right now on Wednesday nights. If you're not a part of our Wednesday night crowd, I encourage you, come and join us for Bible study. But, um, but today, you know, my, my, my message, I believe, I believe it has the potential uh, to really build your faith, and, uh, and so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the God of miracles. God of miracles. Quick question. Need a little participation here, but how many of you believe that the God that we serve has the power to touch a sick body and to make it well? How many believe that? Yeah. I, I absolutely believe that he does. And in fact, whenever we, we look at the, the scripture, all throughout the scripture, you look at the Old Testament, there you'll see miracle after miracle of, of healing. You turn to the New Testament, and there is at least 30 uh, miracles that were recorded of Jesus healing uh, a person that was sick in their body. Now, and it's also implied that there were hundreds and hundreds of more miracles of healing. The scripture talks about how the world could not contain the books that could be written. Isn't that a frustrating scripture? It's like, no, we really want to read some of that. We want to, we would like a little bit more. Uh, but, but that there is all of these, that's what the word of God is filled with. You know, Jesus opened blinded eyes. He healed deaf ears. He, he made the lame to walk. He raised the dead. And so, uh, you you turn to the book of Acts, and uh, there was a time when the Apostle Paul was preaching, and it's kind of funny to me, but he preached so long that Luke said he went on and on into the nights. And ha- have you ever have you ever been uh, bored in the middle of a sermon at another church? Yeah, right. He went. He went on and on so long that this poor guy named Eutychus, a kid, was sitting in a window, and Eutychus fell asleep in the middle of the sermon. The guy fell out the window and died. I mean, I know that I have put people to sleep. Yeah, I see you. I've seen you. I know that I've done it. But to the best of my knowledge, though, I've never killed anyone with a sermon of mine that I know of. But this, this poor guy, he falls out the window and dies. I mean, thankfully, Paul goes down there, lays hands on him, raised him from the dead. If I'm like Paul, I'm like, whew, my sermon killed him, but I raised him from the dead. I healed him, you know? So there's these miracles all over the Bible. The most controversial of all miracles in the New Testament, though, was when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, which most scholars believe that that is precisely why Peter denied him three times. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Sort of. I, I'm joking. You know, that's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. 
I've heard somebody say one time, you know, that some Christians, grumpy Christians, they just go around acting like seven mother-in-laws just moved in with them. I don't have that experience. I don't. I love my mother-in-law, but that was just a, a quick joke. But I, I, I do believe that, that the, the God we serve does have power to heal. In fact, this is what Jesus said in John's gospel. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he also do. And greater works than these shall he do. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick. I, and I believe that the same power that healed the sick when Jesus walked the earth can heal the sick today. And it does heal the sick today. And, and, and he does it through the faithful prayers of his people. We serve a God today that to whom all things are possible, a God who can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we may ask or think or imagine according to his power that's at work within us and within his church. That's, that's why we're at church today praying for a miracle from our good, good Father. This is a great place to be together in the presence of God because we do believe in the God of miracles. And, and I've been a part of this church for a while now, and I, I've, I've heard your testimonies, and, and uh, I, I know some of your stories. I know some of the miracles that you have experienced, and, and, and we serve a miracle-working God. But let me switch gears just slightly this morning. Again, participation, if you will. Have you, how many of you have ever prayed that God would do a miracle heal someone, and he didn't do it. I, I, I'm sure most of us have those stories, right? And, and yet we believe in a God that can heal. And sometimes we're a little bit confused. Sometimes when you believe that God can and he doesn't, it can unsettle you a little bit. It can shake you. It can, it can rock you. You know, where is God? I, I, I prayed, God, I, I knew you could. I knew you would, but, but why is my child still dealing with this? God, I prayed. I know you can. I know you will. I know you would, but why does my daughter or son, why are they still dealing with depression? Why are they still facing that? God, we've prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed, but why did that person die? I knew you could, and a lot of people would conclude, well, evidently, Either God is not real or, or he's not good or he just flat out doesn't care. And so the question arises, how do we reconcile? How do we reconcile? What do we do? How do we continue to go before God and how do we pray if we believe that he can and we know that he has, but he doesn't always do what we know he could do and think that he should do? And I want to talk about that today um, in a way that might answer a few questions um, and at the same time build your faith in a God who hears our prayers and does miracles. So let's build the message on this foundational thought. Um, we need to understand and embrace the truth that God heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. You would know that to be true because I just saw a lot of your hands grow up 
because most of you would acknowledge that, yes, you've prayed for it to happen, and it didn't happen. But a lot of people don't recognize or realize that this is incredibly true in people in the Scripture. A lot of times we think about the Scripture, and we think about miracle after miracle. But this is true of people in the Scripture that prayed, and it didn't happen, that had a, a sickness, and they weren't healed, people who faithfully served Jesus, who walked with him. And I'll give you some quick examples. There's a, there's a man in the, in the scripture known as Trophimus. And Trophimus was one of the apostle Paul's friends who accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey. But whenever Trophimus got sick, God apparently didn't heal him. And we read in 2 Timothy 4.20, Paul says this, Erastus stayed in Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Paul's saying, God not only didn't heal him, I left him. I just kind of left him there, and we went on about our business. God could have, but God didn't. And we find the same story with Timothy, who apparently had stomach issues. And, and Paul told his young protege, Timothy, he said, use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. In other words, God could have healed him, but God didn't. So he's saying, use whatever you can to make it better. God could, but God didn't. And then, of course, there's the apostle Paul who, if you know his story, had, had something that Scripture calls out a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know for sure what it is. Scholars have guessed that it was a, a, a multitude of things, bad eyesight or temptation or all sorts of different things. We don't really know for sure what it was, but we do know that Paul pleaded. He pleaded three times. And when he pleaded, it wasn't just like a 30-minute prayer session. The word in the original language means like an ongoing, persistent pursuit, three-season, three-ongoing, passionate, desperate seasons of pleading with God. God, take this away from me. God, I know you can, and I've seen you do bigger things than this. Please, God, take this away. And God says, no. No, I, I, I could, but I'm not, I'm not going to. In fact, Paul, in this case, I'm, what I'm going to show you is that my grace is going to be enough for you. Our God can, and he often does, but when he doesn't, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that? And tragically, if I could just kind of get up into the church world for just a moment, um, sometimes well-meaning Christians can say some really hurtful things sometimes. You know, well, you know, I know your, your daughter is sick, and I know that they're dealing with this, you know, whatever reason, and they're going through something. And it's because there's sin in your life, right? Sometimes well-meaning Christians can say some hurtful things, you know, something along the lines, well, if you weren't living the way you were living, if you didn't have this sin in your life, this wouldn't be going on. They wouldn't be dealing with that. You're not praying right. You're not being faithful. You're not doing the right things. You're doing something wrong and on and on and on. And well-meaning Christians can often heap guilt and condemnation on someone else. When God isn't doing what we know he could and think he should, and some people will be so internally hurt 
they'll literally walk away from God. What do we do with a God that we know can, but doesn't do it, or always do it, and at the same time, how do we let our faith grow to continue to come back and ask him for miracles of healing? What do we do? So I want to talk about some reasons why Jesus doesn't always heal. He often does, but sometimes he doesn't. Why does Jesus not always do miracles? Number one reason is that Jesus refused to perform miracles to prove himself. He refused to do it. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I'll be brave enough to admit it, especially in my younger days. God, just do this one thing. If you do this one thing, I'll believe in you. I'll I'll be faithful. God, I'll serve you better. If you just do this one thing, I'll serve you forever. Anybody else? God doesn't play like that. I wish he did because it would make it so much easier. (laughs) But he doesn't for some reason. He does what he wants. He refuses to perform miracles to prove himself. Mark's gospel in Mark chapter 8, the Pharisees came and they began to question Jesus. What was the motive of their heart in this case? What were they trying to do? The scripture lets us know they were trying to test him, right? They're asking for a sign from heaven. Do something to prove that you are the son of God. And Jesus sighed deeply. (sighs) You're making me crazy. He's like, I'm not doing tricks for you. He sighed deeply and said, why does this generation ask for signs? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. I'm not doing miracles to prove myself. I do miracles that are in line with the heart of God. Number one reason, he didn't do it to prove himself. Another reason is, is Jesus never performed a miracle that interfered with his ultimate plan. He never did a miracle that interfered with the ultimate plan. This is so important. He never performed a miracle that interfered with the ultimate plan. I'll show you an example in one story where Jesus chooses to do a miracle in one moment, and a moment later, he withholds a miracle when it was within his power to do it. Uh, Judas, we, we remember the story where Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss on the cheek and to show the guards who he was so they could come and arrest and Jesus and, 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 and so that they could take him to the cross. And so Peter gets a little bit upset. We like Peter in the scripture, you know, he's kind of just like bold. And, and Peter says, no, 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 no. You're not doing this to my Jesus. And he pulls out a sword and he goes to the Roman. I think he goes for the Roman guard's head. Not sure. This is what I think, but he missed his head and he got his ear instead. Okay. Good, good intentions, bad aiming. Uh, but he cuts the ear off. And so you can imagine, we read it, you know, it's, you just kind of read it and you don't think about it. You imagine this guy's blood coming out, of his, coming out of his ear. There's pandemonium. His ear flies off. And you can just sense Jesus' disappointment like, Peter, 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 I've got this. I've got this. I, 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 this isn't what I wanted you to do. And then Jesus kind of like, where's the ear? Like, where's the ear? Is it in the bushes? Somebody find the ear. Like, can you get the 
ear? Where's the ear? So there's people looking over, oh, the ear. Finally, get the ear. He gets the ear, and he takes it back, and he puts it on Malchus's head, and he does a miracle. And then he has this, he has this teaching moment. You know, Peter's like, I'm not going to let this happen to you. And then Jesus, we, we next read that he doesn't do a miracle. And, and he says, I, I could have. Watch, watch this. He says, don't you realize that I could, I could ask. I could ask for thousands of angels to come and protect us right now. And boom, instantly they would show up. And, 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 and instantly they would be here. But he says, but if I did, if I asked for this miracle, would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? So in one moment, church, he does a miracle, and in another moment, when it would interfere, when it would it would it interfere with the ultimate plan, he withholds a miracle. Even when the disciples around him don't fully understand. So when does Jesus not perform a miracle? He doesn't do it to prove himself, and he didn't do a miracle that would temporarily give us an earthly benefit at the cost of an eternal benefit when it interfered with the ultimate plan. And lastly, Jesus didn't do miracles where there was no faith. So he doesn't do it to prove himself. He's not going to interfere with the ultimate plan. And he doesn't do miracles where there is no faith. We read in the scriptures where he, um, he went to his hometown and, and people they were not impressed with, with Jesus. They, they grew up with him. You know, they, isn't, that the, isn't that the carpenter's son? Isn't that Joseph's son? Isn't that that annoying kid that was with the, the teacher, that was the teacher's pet all the time, that was perfect, right? Never talked too much in class, never got in trouble. That's, that's just Jesus. Sadly, that's a lot of people's relationship. That's just Jesus. That's just the son of the carpenter. And Scripture says that he did not do miracles there. Why? Because their lack of faith. We have to understand that our faith moves the heart of God. Our faith matters to God. When you pray in faith, it touches the heart of God, the very heart of God. Let me give you some examples. There was a woman who couldn't stop bleeding for 12 years. She's embarrassed. She's in pain. She's ceremonially unclean. She walks by. By faith, she reaches out. She thinks if I could just touch the edge of his cloak, just the edge of his garment, I'll be healed. She does. He feels the power leave. She looks back and says, what, or he looks back and says, what was that? She just, I just believed. And, and, and Jesus looked at her and he said this, daughter, what did he say? Do you remember what he said? Somebody help me out. Your faith. There was another man with leprosy falls at the feet of Jesus and worships him. And Jesus looks at this man. He says, rise and go. Your what? Your faith. There was a blind man one time that screamed out. And he says, I can't see you, but I, but I hear you. I know you're there. 
have mercy on me. And Jesus says, go, your faith has healed you. Our faith moves the heart of God. It moves the heart of God. And what is so interesting to me is that according to Scripture, there's only one thing that we have that ever amazes Jesus. We can look at all the Gospels. Jesus was amazed by one thing. Do you know what it was? Our faith amazes Jesus. And sometimes he's amazed like, whoa, wow, this is amazing. Other times he's like, huh, that's all? You don't believe that I can do anything? Two different times, two different extremes. A Roman centurion has a servant that's sick, and Jesus says, I'm not even worthy to, uh, I'm not worthy for you to, uh, the, it, Scripture says, you're not worthy for, to come into my house. You just say the word. You don't have to see my servant. You don't have to touch my servant. You don't have to walk in that direction. I just believe you say the word, and he'll be healed. Jesus says the word, he's healed, and Scripture says that Jesus was amazed. And he said, I've never seen faith like this before. What amazing faith to understand. Just speak the word only, and it'll be healed. Just say the word. Does everybody know this morning that God is not bound by geography? You can just speak the word. Jesus, just speak the word, and my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife, my friend can receive healing. But he was amazed. I've never seen faith like this before. And then, and then in the hometown of Jesus where he was a prophet without honor, he looked on and said, I'm amazed that you don't believe that I can do anything. I'm amazed, he said, at their lack of faith. And I'm just curious this morning. When it comes to your faith, if Jesus were amazed, would he be, whoa! Or would it be? That's really all you believe me for? I mean, just think about the prayers that you prayed this past week. What did you ask for? What did you pray to God for? Was it this gigantic, just big God getting involved, God moving things? Wow! Or was it like, God bless our food and keep us safe today? God's like, wow, is that really all the faith that you have for me? Something that amazes Jesus is powerful, strong faith. Wow, he's amazed. Or sometimes it's almost heartbreaking, insulting faith of really? That's all you believe? What do we do if we find that our faith is a little bit on the lower end? What if we're more like the Wow, faith, rather than the wow. The good news is that faith moves God. And Jesus is so encouraging when he said this. He said, if there's a mountain in your life, 
In other words, if there is something that needs to be moved in your life that is so big and so physically impossible to move, and you simply have faith the size of a mustard seed, the smallest seed, and if you just have faith in my direction, he's saying that moves my heart. In other words, your faith may sometimes, church, be really, really strong. It may be kind of strong some days, and there be other times where you're struggling. And guess what? God loves you enough to work with the faith that you have. Praise God. I love the story in the scripture of a dad who is in agony because his son is hurting. And to the parents in the room today, you know that you can take a lot of pain yourself, but when it comes after your children, there's nothing that hurts like that to see them going through something. And any parent would know this feeling. And so this son, he is in agony. He's been thrown into the fire by demons and such. And the dad is desperate. He wants to believe that Jesus can help. But he doesn't necessarily want to get his hopes so high. So he's just like, Jesus, if you can do anything, please do it. If you care, if you can, if you can do anything, please do. And Jesus is kind of like anything is possible for those who believe. And the Father said something that honestly so captures where I live most of the time. He said, if you can do anything, Jesus says, I can do anything. And the father just exclaims, I do believe. But help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe God, but I'm still human. I've seen you do it with other people. And I'm kind of reading into his thought. I've seen you do it before, and I think you can do it for my son, but I'm just not sure. If I get my hopes up, but then you don't do it, it's going to be really, really difficult. So I do know you can, but I'm just not sure in this particular case. And Jesus looks on with such a loving understanding for this imperfect faith. I'm doing the best I can. God, help me in this. And I'll get as real as I can, and hopefully you don't lose respect in me, but Maybe this will help somebody feel better. Sometimes I need God to help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, but it's just not perfect all the time. And some moments we feel more. In other moments, it's like, help me. Help me, because I don't feel this. I don't feel it that much right now. But I've learned that whatever I have, God, as imperfect as it is, I just bring it to him. I just bring it to him. I believe, God, that you hear our prayers. I believe that you do miracles. I believe you sit on the throne. I believe you're still in control. I believe that you've got this. My faith might be imperfect, but you are perfect in all your ways. I still believe in the God of miracles. So, Bryce, you're a minister at a church, and you pray for someone. If they aren't healed, does that shake your faith? Does it rattle you a bit? And I would just say no. 
because after walking with Jesus as long as I have, it doesn't rattle me because my faith isn't based, hear me, on what God does. It's not. My faith isn't based on what God does, and you have to understand something today. Our faith is based upon who God is. Our faith isn't based on what God does in the immediate moment to a specific request on a Tuesday afternoon. Because oftentimes He will do exactly what we're asking Him to do, and it kind He just kind of shows up and He just shows off and 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 then other times, other times in ways that I may not understand, he's like, I'm not gonna prove myself right now. Or maybe you know that 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 would be kind of easy for you, but I actually have something eternal that's higher than your thoughts and different than your ability to understand. And even though it may hurt right now in the moment, even though it may grieve you, even though it may make you question the goodness of God, we still show up and we still trust the goodness of God. Because our faith isn't based upon what he does in a moment. Our faith is based on what he did for us on the cross. And you know what? To me, it doesn't get any better than that. If our music would come this morning. Just think about what God did for us on the cross. That's where my faith is based. A God who becomes one of us. Shed His blood that our sins would be forgiven. Our faith isn't based on seeing the results to a miracle. Our faith is based on the character and the goodness of God. He made the ultimate sacrifice. And this will probably mess with some people's theology. I know it will. And, 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 and some people will disagree. That's okay. You can be wrong. You have the right to be wrong. I'm joking. Sort of. We need to understand that when God robed himself in flesh, the highest purpose for Jesus coming was not to heal our bodies. That wasn't the highest purpose but it was to save our souls. The highest purpose, I'm not saying that he doesn't heal our bodies, but the highest purpose, I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly. I have come to seek and to save the lost. I didn't come for the righteous, I came for the sinner. I came to give my life as a ransom. His highest purpose isn't to heal our bodies, but it's to save our souls. I'll show it to you in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 2. You can see it. There's these four guys, and what a, what a wild story. There's these four guys, and they just there's a leader of the group, and 
they've got this friend who's unable to walk, and so this guy he gets his three buddies, and and they're like, look, we're gonna get our, we're gonna get our friend over here, we're gonna get him to Jesus, ain't nothing gonna stop us, and so they they drag this guy who can't walk, who knows how far, maybe they they carried him a little bit, but he gets heavy, and so they're dragging him, and they take him to this Bible study where Jesus is their teacher. And there's so many people at the Bible study that they can't get their friend in. And Jesus in there teaching, and they got their backs to it. And they're like, oh, this is great, but we got to get him in there. And so we got to do something. We got to take care of the issue. And so they're like, they drag their friend up to the top of the road. And the leader's like, dig a hole. And they're like, we can't dig a hole. It is in our house. And they're like, ah, we'll figure it out later. Let's just dig a hole. Let's get him down there start digging a hole in this roof and there's this hole and light shining through and going into the room and Jesus is doing his Bible study and they're like, okay, you grab one arm, you grab one arm, we'll grab a leg, we'll grab a leg and we'll just lower him down. As far as we can lower him down. I used to speak to the leader of the group like, man, this is, I mean, we're as down as far as we go. There's still another eight, nine feet. And they're like, man, he's paralyzed anyways. Let's just drop him. Three, two, one, drop. <laughs> I can't prove it, but that's, that's all I'm reading. This guy, this guy gets in on the Bible study. Something like that happened. I could be wrong. This guy gets in on the Bible study. <laughs> the first thing Jesus does He forgives his sins. The first thing. Read it. He forgives his sins before he heals his body. He healed his body, but first he forgave his sins because his highest calling, his highest purpose wasn't to heal us. It was to save our soul. Here's a little spoiler alert for you. If God heals your sickness, guess what? You're still going to die. We got kind of kind of quiet in here. <laughs> yeah, technically the the rapture could take place and we could all fly out of here. But if Jesus doesn't come back, we're all going to die. I mean, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Next time Lazarus died, he was on his own. Right? You're still going to die because his highest purpose isn't what happens to your body for 70 or 80 years on this earth. Your highest purpose is that your life would glorify him. So when you pray, pray with every bit of faith that you have. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's, it's mustard seed, but you bring your imperfect faith before him. God, we believe, we believe, we believe, we believe. God, I believe that you can. I believe that you will. And even if he doesn't, 
The one thing that we should think is because our, our faith isn't based on what he does or doesn't do. Our faith is based upon who he is. And so if he doesn't do it, he's still good. If he doesn't do it, he's still God. If he doesn't do it, he's still in control. And he has the whole world in his hands. Stand with me, if you will, this morning. Joni Erickson struggled with an issue for a long time as she recounts in her book, Joni, she sought physical healing of her quadriplegia. She prayed and she fully believed that God would heal her. In her words, she said, I certainly believed. She said, I would call up my friends saying, the next time you see me, I'm going to be running up your sidewalk. God's going to heal me. Yet Joni, still in her wheelchair today, 45 years after the accident that left her paralyzed, God has still not healed her. Her perspective, though, is one of great faith. She says these words, God may remove your suffering, and that will be cause for great praise. But if not, he will use it. He will use anything and everything that stands in the way of his fellowship with you. So let God mold you and make you, transform you from glory to glory. And then she ends with these words. That's the deeper healing. There are some that feel that God will never heal anyone miraculously today. Others feel that God will always heal a person, heal a, 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 a sibling if, if he or she has enough faith. But I'm just simply saying this morning, God will not be put in either box. Of course God can and does heal today. The question we need to ask in any given situation, though, is what does God want does he desire to heal the individual in this life? Or does he have another plan to show his glory through weakness? Someday, church, someday all sickness and death will be eradicated. This woman that I speak about today will walk again one day. But until then, there is a greater healing, and it's the cleansing of a sinful heart that God performs every single day. So I want to encourage you just in the closing moments of our Bible study this morning as they begin to sing, I, I, I want to join together with you into the belief that God would do miracles on your behalf. Would you just lift up your hand? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.